Attention golfers, if you're looking to upgrade your game with a set of high-quality clubs that are blazing fast, beyond forgiving, and beautifully made, check out the all-new PXG Gen 6 Golf Clubs. Not only are they easy to hit, they deliver outstanding distance and incredible accuracy, lowering your scores and bringing you more fun on the golf course. What more could you want? Schedule your Gen 6 fitting today at pxg.com or by calling 844-PLAY-PXG. And we're back, Stripe Show podcast, on a Monday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Hope you uh, had a great weekend. I am uh, not in the studio, as you can see. This is the first time I think I've actually done the podcast not in my new studio, so I feel a little out of sorts. I think I got everything lined up. We're live here on Twitter. Thanks for joining us. Uh, A lot of you will listen to the pod here later on on my site or YouTube channel. Thank you for... uh, Tuning in, plenty to talk about. A lot happened uh, last week. Want to get into it. Uh, all things PGA Tour live merger. Nick Taylor, an amazing win there at the Canadian Open, and all of it now spins forward to LA on the West Coast. The United States Open is this week. And joining me live from LA, Sports Illustrated, the one and only Bob Herrick. Thank you, sir, for your time because I can only imagine how many text messages you received last week. Yeah, Travis, it was um, it was quite the week. I actually wrote a story. It was like craziest golf's craziest week, and I, I'm not sure that that it's that far off. It's hard to imagine one that's been crazier. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, just you know, obviously we are all in in shock that this went down, and so there was a lot of people in media looking for answers and yeah. to talk about this story. And then, you know, we all had our own jobs to do in trying to get to the bottom of it. So, yeah, it's, it's been an amazing, uh, an amazing couple of days here, six days now, I guess. And, and, you know, we probably have far more questions now than we even had then. It's uh, when, when it gets resolved and how is, is going to be quite amazing to see it all come together. Yeah, I've got a lot of questions. I'll, I'll throw some at you here uh, in the pod that uh, you may or may not be able to answer but we could at least start to maybe read through some of the things that are starting to come out whether it's from jimmy dunn or uh, jay monahan but uh, the latest uh, that i just saw this morning uh, of course the u.s senate uh, just opened up its investigation which i think uh, many were expecting and so there'll be a process that goes through there we'll, we'll get to that in a second those questions i, w- I want to talk for a moment here uh, what transpired in Canada because Bob really the whole week of course was consumed by this merge and in this merge of course and, and for the better part of this you know last two years it, it's been all about money and greed and and power you know it's that's what it comes down to is, is power and money and and who has it and on Sunday we were treated to something that wasn't about those things in Canada it, it was it was about a country, and it was about uh, a Canadian trying to win its national open for the first time in 69 years. And this was Nick Taylor's third win uh, on the PGA Tour. But to see that transpire on the fourth hole and those emotions and everybody running out there on the green and, the, and just, the, just the genuine excitement to win the Canadian Open 
I, I'm getting goosebumps right now. That was that was pretty cool and and kind of needed, wasn't it, on a late Sunday afternoon? Absolutely, it was terrific. And uh, uh, you know, you couldn't ask for just a more dramatic way to get it done, too, uh, to hold a 70 foot putt like that. So, um, and you know, look, you know, there's there's been so much chatter on both sides of the whole live PG tour thing. And, you know, look, I, I, I try to see it all. I, I've tried to stay right down the middle. I see a lot on both sides. Um, you know, but one of the things from the live side is that the PJ tour product has been stale and that, you know, bigger fields aren't great and all that stuff. And while there probably is some truth to that, you know, to think that that wasn't a great story because it wasn't one of the quote name players, you know, that'd be kind of silly. I mean, that's yeah. the sort of thing that you get when you right. have a winner come from nowhere. And while I think in general, we prefer the stars to win and we have big names up there all the time, you can't become a big name unless, you know, at some point you establish yourself and that's the way you're going to do it Yeah, is by winning a tournament like that. He just won a national open, his own country, the pressure that comes with that. I mean, you know, it would have been hard, I think, for him to to bounce back after if, if, if he didn't win. Even though he pretty much did all he could to win, Tommy Fleet would tie him. Uh, you know, uh, he birdied the last two holes to, to you know, that's that's really all you can do, right? Yeah. Big Taylor birdied the last two holes, you know, waits, Fleet would ties him, and then he wins in a playoff. I mean, I thought it was just great stuff, and I think – you know, we've seen that a few times this year. We've seen that there's room for the non-designated events to shine. Yep. Yeah, that that's well said. That was his third third win, as I mentioned. Sanderson Farms, AT&T Pro-Am, and now the RPC Canadian Open. You just don't see players, first off, wait around by the 18th no. green. But then secondly, you just you don't see fellow players react that way, ever. On the on no. the PGA, only the only time you get that kind of emotions at the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup, that's it. And and to see Mike Weir and Corey Connors and Adam Hadwin get tackled, and you know all of these Canadian players running out there, champagne, the crowd's going berserk. I mean, it was you just you just don't see that on the PGA no. Tour, and that was a non-elevated event, so. It was cool. It was needed and um, really excited that it happens. Of course, it spins us forward now uh, to the U.S. Open. But let's let's go back to earlier in the week. I got to I got to ask you, where, how did you hear the news when when the merger came down? PGA Tour live. Where were you and and, uh, and how did it hit you uh, when you first uh, became aware? Yeah, I was at home. I had just gotten home Monday night from the memorial. It was about to sort of, you know, kind of slowly get Frank back up for getting ready for this week. Yeah. And um, uh, I actually got a text from somebody that, that uh, you know, said, hearing something about a live PGA Tour merger, true? And I was like, I wrote back, I go, what? <laughs> I, you know, I was like, I said, I doubt it. I think those are my exact words. I doubt it. Then I got a call from a colleague at SI who said, have you seen the CNBC thing? CNBC broke an embargo. Apparently, it had been given to a few media outlets, including the AP. It was going to be announced around 10.30, I believe, on Tuesday morning uh, in conjunction with Jay Monahan and Yasser 
Al Ramai and going on CNBC together and their website put it out there first. And so what that did was it kept the tour uh, and some of these um, you know, entities from getting the word of their people before it got out. And so the way it got out was a little, you know, we, we probably all would have gotten a news release at the same time uh, and, and would have all been shocked at the same time. But because that came out, there was a bit of a disconnect. So anyway, when I saw that, then I knew, uh, you know, I turned on the TV, Jay and Yasser are sitting side by side. There could not have been a more shocking sight. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually wrote later in the week, you know, you would not have put them together in the same room, in the same city, in the same, you know, in the same building, in the same state or country yeah. here at this point in time. That, that's how far apart they were in terms of their feelings about all this. And here they were talking about an agreement. You know, it just you cannot overstate how how uh, how shocking that was. Let me ask you this. Let's let's start from the PGA Tour side. What what do you think is the overall consensus and tone from the players? A lot of them didn't attend that meeting. Some did. But after now, some time has passed. Is there anything that you're hearing just kind of predominantly from the players now as we head into the U.S. Open? Is it still that they feel betrayed and that they're still pretty pissed off? I mean, what, what's your take now that we, we've kind of spun it forward to Monday? I'm sure there's that feeling among some. I think, though, if they sit back and recognize that sort of the – you know, the fragileness of this whole thing, that there was a reason why it had to be kept this way. Um, and ultimately, you know, I think they are probably going to buy into the idea that they're going to benefit. You know, it, it, it's hard to believe this will be bad for them. It's only going to be good in, in terms of the money sense. I mean, if you're going to the PIF to ask for their support and they're going to help you in some way, it can only be good. What we're finding out since is that, you know, the tour was, you know, languishing due to the due to the legal fees. You know, it, it appears that the that their reserves were taking quite a hit. Um, it appears that, you know, they might have been having some issues with these designated event purses and some sponsors possibly pushing back. I mean, if those things had remained, that was going to be bad for the players. Mm -hmm. The tour was, you know, I. I it would have been hard to believe them going back on the designated event idea or, or throttling it back because they had announced it, but how were they going to pay for it? And ultimately, you know, that had the potential to hurt the players. I do think though, that there is a sense of nobody really knows what this means in general. Yeah. Nobody knows. And, you know, nobody knows what that new for-profit entity is going to be. You know, the, the, the three, you know, the three partners, the DP World Tour, Public Investment Front Fund and the tour, what that's going to yield. What do they own? You know, what 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 are the assets? What are the what are the benefits? It does appear the PJ Tour will remain as its own entity, a nonprofit member organization. I would be very surprised if we saw much big change to that. Yep. I think we're going to continue to see a January to August FedEx Cup schedule designated events, the majors, you know, the tournaments we're used to, a fall schedule that will help you qualify for the following season, 
I don't think that's going to change much. I mean, I think this idea that live events will be folded into it doesn't make sense. Live is for profit. PJ Tour isn't. But what happens to live? Anybody's guess. The live people think we're going on. We're going to be the same. We're going to build these franchises. The tour rhetoric is completely different from that. So where that ends up, I mean, and I can see both sides. You know, I can see where the live people think, look, if Piff's putting in the money, why would they kill it? The tour people are saying, hey, look, they've, they've, they've made it that Jay's in charge. You know, why would he keep it? Well, I don't know. I don't know what the, the middle ground is there. Yeah, because we're getting mixed signals from both sides, right? I mean, okay, there, there, there's a merge. And then on one side, you got Jimmy Dunn out there kind of selling it and saying, like, here's the deal. Um, and Jay's going to be in charge of both and he'll assess live at the end of the year and then decide from there if that makes sense. And Piff and Yasser, they are in line with Jay as the CEO of this new business. And it sounds like from that side, there's no need for Greg Norman, right? And he'll probably be eliminated and, and for all intents and purposes, live will. And then you go to the other side and you got Greg Norman, the current commissioner of, of Lyft Golf um, saying, hey guys, just standard operating procedure. You know, everybody, right. we're doing our thing. We've got tournaments for this year. We've got our plans executed for the next two years, the foreseeable future. It is all systems go. So at this point, it still sounds like everybody in that media room, and as we kind of sit here and wait, and that we're all in the same boat and that we got two different things being said here. We know right. that there's, there's an, an emerge coming together, but on one side, the PGA Tour is saying one thing, and, and on the other side, the live is saying everything. And we're like, well, which one is it? Right. right. Is that kind of is that kind of where we're all at? No question. I mean, the tour is basically, you know, their their stance has been is that Jay's going to be in charge. OK, that's fine. Except how can he completely be in charge if you went to them asking for, asking for this this deal that in theory is going to bring you money? And it has to be bringing them money no matter what they say. Why would Jay go to the staff last week and say we did this because, you know, we were we were hurt. now maybe maybe he could he could sell the idea that okay now we're not going to have to pay those legal fees, you know. But it still seems to me like they're they're very much going to be in line for some sort of uh, capital infusion at some point. Yeah. Well, the guys who are spending the money are going to want to say, they're going to want to have some say in that, and if they do if they do. You know, then then how do you just say that, well, then Jay's going to be allowed to shut down Live? I mean, the other side of it is, is the Live people seem to think, and this is not the the leadership of Live because we've really not heard from them, but the Live supporters, oh, hey, you know, we're putting in the money. It's all, you know, we're going to keep this going. We're going to build these franchises. Well, how does that work? I mean, how do you, yeah. it's still a, it still would be a competing product. The tour right. wanted to eliminate the competing product. You're going to, one way or the other, the players, if you're playing on live, you're not playing in a PGA Tour event. Even if you are, even, even if you're okay with that, well, the live event is going to go up against a PGA Tour event on TV because that's when you play golf. Yeah. So how do you, how do you figure that out? I mean, there's a lot of unanswered questions there. I, I, I just think there's, there's two extremes that are being put forth. And I don't see how either extreme can be completely true. Yeah. Yeah, it really does feel like the, there was a rush to put this together. 
and a handshake sense of agreement, right? But this is what we're going to put together as far as a, a separate entity and just kind of a, a, a general skeleton of what that is going to look like. And then we'll figure out the rest later. And exactly the figuring out the rest later is going to be absolutely, <laughs> absolutely fascinating. <laughs> because no I mean, let me, let me throw this scenario at you. Who's to say that, that the PIF wants this to get blocked, right? And that this is part of their continued part of their plan. They, they put together live, they put a lot of money behind live. It sounds like live is a bit of Yasser's baby. He, he believes in it. He likes it. They, they're making waves. Greg Norman for, for the most part, if you love or hate him has done a good job and what they've been able to accomplish in a short period of time, you have to give them a lot of credit. And so they've weakened the PGA Tour financially, no doubt about it. Here we are, right? And, and I think everyone can see that. And, and Jay has probably admitted that in his own way, in own words, to his own staff in, in Ponte Vedra. Um, and now they, they go into this skeleton agreement, this handshake agreement publicly, which in many ways legitimizes live. And now the sponsors can touch it, right? And start to flood it. And so if it gets blocked, it appears to me that Liv and PIF continue to gain more leverage and would continue to weaken the PGA Tour. Am, am I wrong? I mean, is that is that a completely off the chart, you know, thought that this could be just part of the plan for them? I mean, it's it's quite possible that that was part of their plan. Um, it, on the other hand, it could be just possible that they're just happy to get a seat at the table. You know, if you're part of the PJ Tour, you're legitimized. It means that you don't have to slink around at the Masters or the U.S. Open. You're right. part of the scene. You are part of the establishment. And there are probably things that that would mean for the PIF that we don't understand right now relationship building you know investment whatever they are looking to gain from this it's could i could i could see this two completely different ways one is that yasser in the end doesn't care about live that this was a means to an end he's perfectly fine with spending the billion dollars to get to get them to this point the other side of it is is he does like live he appreciates what all these people have been through he sees some value in the product going forward but if you see value in the product going forward, you're going to have to continue to build it. And you can't just sit there and say, well, we'll, we'll play the rest of this year and, and then see where it goes. Why would you do that? There is no economic benefit they're getting right now. They're losing money big time every right. time they tee it up. They've yeah. got $200 million in purses to pay out in their last seven tournaments. The, the, the build out, I mean, look, their, their build out isn't as big as this at the U.S. Open. But it's still mildly expensive. They got to do that seven more times. Yep. All the costs associated. Why would you do that if you're not going to continue? That's that's where that's where I am in where I am total confusion about this. Because I don't understand if you would think they would need to make a decision pretty soon. We're either gonna cut cut this off and direct our interest elsewhere, or if we're gonna keep going, we're gonna see a way that we can build on this concept. It's hard to believe that you would just do it to see. 
or even play next year. Because yeah. unless you are going to announce a future of long-term future, who's going to invest in you? Why would yeah. somebody buy a franchise? What, why would somebody even sponsor one of these teams if it's going to be over with? Right. What are they getting out of it? You know, so they, I mean, they're still not reaching a lot of eyeballs. You know, I mean, they're they're doing better in some markets with, with spectators and stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, you need to get in front of people. If this if this clears the way for them to be able to do that, you know, going forward, okay, then it makes perfect sense. But we just don't know. Yeah, we don't know, and that's where I just. In, I don't think they're going to shut it down until this is approved. You know, because it, it, and from what I can tell, and just, and I'm just reading the stories and articles uh, in many ways, like like a lot, most everyone else. I, I don't have any inside information. I, I'm not um, familiar with now this next process that the U.S. Senate is going to take on, and and what the probability of this thing being um, blocked versus not. So. We don't know what that's going to look like. It feels like there's going to still have to be some sharing of the books. It appears right to mm-hmm. for this to happen. I know that both sides seem to be a little nervous, <laughs> putting it mildly, uh, about that. So, do you feel like there's a pretty good chance that this indeed could get blocked by the Senate or another level of uh, governing body? Yeah, that's the thing where I'm really in the dark. I mean, the regulatory part of it, forget the Senate and the House and they're looking into this and, you know, not being happy that the U.S. is, you know, that the PGA Tour is making a deal with with the PIF, which obviously our government has issues with on that level. Um, Look, it's there's there's controversy surrounding Saudi investment. You just cannot deny that whether that should be the case or not. You cannot deny that there is controversy. It's the whole reason that one of the big reasons that Liv struggled. I think there might have been more investment in it if there hadn't been a stigma, right? So, right. but the other part of it is the, just the regulatory approvals, like the DOJ and you know all these sorts of things, and 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 you know is this league of you know thwarting competition and stuff like that. And that could take a while, you know, that might not happen right away. And so then you're in limbo and that might be a reason why live continues. I think because so. they yeah. might, they might say, well, we're not going to shut this down. If this thing doesn't work out, we want to keep going. Right. And that's where the, it's a little bit dicey with the tour right now, because they're, they very much wanted to, 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 you know, squelch their competitor. And yet in the meantime, they might let their competitor get stronger if if this thing doesn't work out for them man i i man i I tell you what if this thing gets slammed shut and it's not going to happen we're not going to allow this to to come together (laughs) my gosh i I think that's going to get even more interesting that way yeah if it did if it actually was approved and then they have to start filling in the business plan of the skeleton model that we just discussed right so i mean both are fascinating in itself but to me where sorry the shit hits the fan is if this thing gets slammed shut no this is not going to happen uh we we don't approve it for whatever reason whether it's now a monopoly um and and now to me boy the pga tour seems awfully vulnerable i mean to me live is strength and right now live is it's in a live is no question still has been strengthened through this whole process and and they 
in many ways are, I still think, um, in, the, in the stronger position when, as this thing now gets uh, investigated because there's upside for them both ways. I think that the one question we don't know is do they truly generally want to have a seat and do business with the PGA Tour? That, that is the one question that we don't know. Um, we do know that they want to associate themselves in some capacity, right? And, and that it's going to legitimize them. And I think this process has done that. We, we do know that, but do they genuinely want to do business with them? That we don't know. And that's got to be really unsettling. I know, I know you all had a cigar and you had dinner and all that with, you know, Jimmy and, and, and overseas. And, and you got to know this guy, like, sounds like really, really well, right? But you don't know. You, you just don't know. And so I, I think there are some stressful moments happening right now in Ponte Vedra Beach that this thing has to get. They're, they're pulling all costs right now to get this thing approved, aren't they? They've got to be. And, and, you know, if the bottom line is that they needed money and that they were hurting, um, look, the, the, one, the other, to back up a sec, the tour has a lot of assets. It's a $1.5 billion a year business. Now they have TPCs, you know, they have yeah. licensing deals, you know, they make money off their investments. Obviously, they have, you know, multi million dollar media deals. But for some reason, and my guess is, you know, actually, I wrote about this a little today. When you throw in the pandemic, you throw in trying to fight live with the legal fees, you throw in the player impact program, which so far has cost them about $140 million just to pay out these bonuses. Now you increase purses by 47%, and not all of it this year is being covered by the sponsors. Next year, you're asking the sponsors to cover it all, and some of them aren't happy. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're, you, you know, this. I remember we've talked about this on here, and also I've written that when the designated event idea came along, there was going to be growing pains, you know, and, and, and we saw the growing pains from the golf standpoint. It was, you know, making the schedule work. Like this year, you've seen some guys running out of gas a little bit. And yeah. so they've kind of pulled back. They're not going to require them to play them next year. You, you, they just want you to play them. There's not the three added events. They're going to try to make sure that they don't leave regular events isolated. So they're working out the schedule. But the money part of it, I think we all assumed the money was there. You know, that the tour had enough money to handle all this, that their revenues were so great that right. they could subsidize purses. Well, Jay in his own words suggested that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what he told the staff the other day. And and so, you know, okay, well, if that means that you, you're, you're, you're willing to to make a deal with these people that you've, you've talked badly about for 18 months, that must suggest things are a bit dire, you know? And so, and it also might not mean it was dire this minute, but you know, they're charged with looking into the future. They worry yeah. about next year and the year beyond that. Have you thought about, we've talked a lot about Phil Mickelson's legacy and what it means, you know, and what's transpired. Have you, have you put any thought to what Jay Monahan's legacy might be and, and what it might mean come the end? Say, we don't know what it's going to look like this whole thing, 5, 10, 15, 20 years uh, down the road. But, gosh, his, his positioning with the victims of 9-11 and, and, you know, really discussing that on air with Jim Nance a year ago at the Canadian Open and drawing the line in the sand with the players – and just how forthcoming he was that this is 
we are good and they're evil, right? Yeah. And making that very apparent to everybody involved uh, to then at the last hour, the midnight hour, doing a deal with them, you know? And, and so clearly there were, uh, there were some mistakes made along the way uh, when it comes down to that. Now, I don't, I don't deny that at this point in time, were they desperate and this needed to happen? They just simply have more money than everybody else and they're going to take it over. And so you have to save face. You have to do what you have to do uh, to make the PGA Tour work um, for the next 10 to 20 years. I, I, I'm not denying that, but I just think in the way the whole thing has played out, in the way they handled it from day one to now, boy, that's that's a tough one. And it? it's going to be yeah. a tough one come the end in the legacy of well, that. There's, it was always a risky road to go down the political, moral aspect of this because, you know, I've, I would defend Jay on his right to, to fight off a rival, in yeah. terms of, of you know, all the things that he did with suspensions or, you know, breaking of rules and, right. and trying to, you know, stand up for the tour and explaining that you know we have contracts with our media partners that say that you'll be here x number of times all of that was fine what do you expect them to do like you know right. on the live yeah. side of it what did they think that they was just oh yeah they, they can do whatever they want there's a reason they had those rules in place there's a reason you're required to play 15 events there's a reason why you had to get releases to play beyond that it was to protect their product and and 100%. these guys these guys signed on to it and you know they they have their media rights so like you know that's why when tiger and phil went and played their their exhibition the tour got paid the tour had to sign off on that they own their media rights otherwise what would keep tiger and phil from having done that once a month they could have you know or you know six times a year people would have probably watched that hurts the pj tour product and all their sponsors so i get all that but when you went down the road of the Saudi um, stuff, the reason that was always going to be tricky was due to the other complications in golf. And I know it's called whataboutism and all that. I get it. You know, I have no problem with anybody who hated Liv because they hated the Saudi stuff. That's completely fine. That's their opinion. It's mm -hmm. frankly, it's a strong reason to not like it. But the bottom line is the tour does business with tons of companies that do business in Saudi and in China and, yeah. in, the, and in the UAE. And that complicates things. Yeah. And so when you went down that road of making that part of the issue, it was, you know, you, you, you've you you left yourself open to this criticism now because now you've partnered with them. Yeah. 30 years ago, when, when, when Norman tried to do the other tour, nobody talked about the funding source. It was not an issue. Fox Sports was going to be the money behind it. Nobody was criticizing Fox Sports. Mm -mm. They were criticizing the idea of a concept of turning your back on the tour and legacy. And if you want to go do that, you're going to hurt the tour. And so what happened? Tim Fincham, the commissioner at the time, effectively thwarted it. Arnold Palmer spoke out against it. Tiger Woods spoke out against this. There's so many similarities in that regard. Uh, and then what happened? Fincham put together the World Golf Championships plan, which was sort of taking their idea, a, little, a small part of their idea, and using it for yourself. The designated events thing is the same thing. The difference was is there was no moral no, no moral fight there. There was no political fight to go against that that you you would look you would look hypocritical about. Right. And that's what Jay's always going to have to fight now. 
You know, I, I mean, and look, he might absolutely have had no choice. This might have been the right thing to do. Ultimately, down the road, we might look back and say this was a smart, smart decision. But in, in this moment, knowing what we know about what's been said over the past year, he's he's bound to take the criticism, and he admitted it. He said, yeah. I'm, "I'm willing to take it on." All right, so you're in LA. Let's finish with this. U.S. Open this week. Uh, I think you. Just haven't been on the grounds there very long. Early Monday morning there. You have three hours behind us, 10 o'clock. What's the uh, – any early buzz, early thoughts about the golf course um, and how this thing's going to uh, play out? Because I, I think this – I'm sure there will be a little discussion today on, on the topics that we just discussed. But let's all hope by Wednesday into Thursday um, it's full throttle, U.S. Open. Uh, a lot of storylines, of course, coming in. Got the best players there. Any um, any insight there on on the golf course or anything that's happening there at uh, LA Country Club? Yeah, I mean, it's early, but I mean, I think the sense is it's a it's a it's a pretty stout test. The rough is going to be difficult, but it's a it's a really neat golf course. We know that 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 weather shouldn't impact much, if at all. It means it can be firm and fast, yep. uh, dry. You know, I, that's. That's the beauty of coming to the West Coast, especially Southern California. It just does not rain here much this time of year, so they don't have to worry about a soft course. You know, mm-hmm. when you can get these courses firm and fast, it really, really makes makes you know the the skill have to come out. Now, will the skill have to come out out of the rough? You know, some of what I've seen so far is that it's pretty penal if you go in there, especially around <laughs> the greens. Yeah. You know, and there there'll be controversy about that because that takes away the skill. You know, you want them to be able to hit the skillful pitch and run shots and flop shots and stuff. And if that's taken away, then that negates part of the, you know, their, you know, the beauty of why they're the best in the world. But, you know, I'm not I'm not so sure that's going to be the case yet. I think we have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, this is going to be the fourth week now with some rough. I mean, there's been yep. some rough now here in the last month on the PGA Tour. And, and it's funny how this, this distance debate kind of starts to go away when you start putting some rough out there and uh, you start penalizing people for missing the fairway and start penalizing for missing the green. And there was some, there was some serious rust there in Canada. So I, I, I tend to like it, but yeah, but it's got to your point though. It's gotta be play, playable. It can't be to the point where you're just hit, you know, hitting and hoping. So, um, but I'm excited, you know, us open uh, this week, we'll be uh, back tomorrow with uh, Keith Stewart. He'll be there. He's on site. Uh, as well and um, we'll be doing uh, full picks tomorrow for the u.s open bob i know you're in demand can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast i really really appreciate it thanks for having me